welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot of show today. Adrian Lawrence, attorney at law, TYT contributor, will be breaking down news of the day with me. And in the bullpen, Eric Brakey, senior spokesperson for Young Americans for Liberty, talking about mask mandates should be an interesting debate. Top story of the day, a cop decides to falsify at least 30 traffic stops that never happened. Falsified all of it from top to bottom. Let's put up a picture of this former police officer. Former police officer arrested last week, created more than 30 fake traffic violations over the span of about four months. Remember, he did this in a span of four months, according to the warrant for his arrest. His name is Edgar Gonzalez, 31 years of age, of Stamford. Resigned in June after an investigation into his traffic stop reports yielded evidence that he fabricated 33 traffic violations between February and April 2021, according to the warrant. Mr. Gonzalez. A Stanford resident, a resident was charged last week with five counts of third degree computer crime and five counts of second degree forgery, according to the state judicial database. Officer Gonzalez, who was a five year veteran of the department's patrol division, has been released after posting a $100,000 bond. He is scheduled to be arraigned on Friday. So let me give you some background to this. Now, I want to remind you that this cop was allowed to do this because of a system in place that gives officers too much damn power. And I'm also going to make a connection here between policy and people that has been underreported in this story. So the investigation began last May after a person contacted the police when they discovered a Google alert. The Google alert showed their name was included on the department's website for being issued a traffic warning. The warrant stated, a Google alert is an email a user receives based on keywords like their name that they want to be notified about when it's posted online, okay? Real simple process, Google has a system that says, hey, if these names pop up, send me an email, let me know. A lot of people use it to protect their own name as well as the names of people in their families, friends, etc. All right, very commonly used program. So all of a sudden, this person gets a Google alert saying, hey, your name's on this website. Your name's on this website because they're saying that you have a traffic ticket and you may get a warrant for your arrest if you do not make your court date appearance. The male victim said he was never stopped by a Norwalk police officer and never was issued a warning. Detective Sergeant Leung wrote in the warrant. A further review of Gonzalez's computer aired dispatch, CAD they call it. That activity for that day showed that Officer Gonzalez self-reported a total of 10, count them, 10 traffic stops, okay? So he's super cop which included 10 e-ticket warnings, but not the issuance of any actual infractions. So here's the game, all right? He's making it look like he's doing work. 
He's not actually pulling anyone over. He's not actually at these stops. He's simply in front of a computer. It gets deeper. The log says the man was stopped April 21st, which the victim said was not possible as he was ill at that time and remained in a hotel in Norwalk for for a three day period according to the warrant. Each city police vehicle is equipped with a mobile data terminal and officers are required to include in traffic reports, the motorist driver's license number, car make and model, registration information, traffic stop location, and time and the road and traffic conditions at the same time according to the warrant. However, many of this officer's stops, self-reported traffic violations were incomplete, missing driver's license numbers, races and the gender, the warrant stated. I also saw the same pattern where the citation information is incomplete, where the sex race operator number and involvement information is incomplete, Young wrote in the warrant. Additionally, officers all have access to the Connecticut Online Law Enforcement Communications Teleprocessing System, which allows them to run a license plate and driver's license numbers according to the warrant. No body camera footage exists of any of the noted traffic stops. And in some cases, the officer's vehicle showed he was not at the location of the stop at the times indicated on his reports, that's in the warrant as well. Now, here's the system that allowed for all of this to happen. It's called collect, C-O-L-L-E-C-T. By using the collect database to falsify traffic stop information, Gonzalez violated its training and use policy, which resulted in the computer crimes charges and warrant stated. The state's preliminary findings were shared with the Stanford state's attorney who called for a criminal investigation. The local police spokesperson said, Sergeant Sophia Golano said Gonzalez resigned from the department amid the probe in June. Now they knew he was guilty already. So let me bring to your attention a few things here. Number one, there should be no policy that creates this kind of power for a police officer without there being a real check and balance. Number two, if a cop has this much power, to where they can literally sit in front of a computer and create false tickets. There needs to be a routine audit process so that abuses like this do not happen. Number three, this is why folks say defund the police. You know why? Because money went to that system from taxpayers. The money that paid for that system and paid the salary of that cop was used to create victims out of citizens who were completely innocent. So here's what defund the police says. It doesn't say take all money from law enforcement, but it does say you have some unnecessary programs, damn it. That's unnecessary. Take the money out of that unnecessary program and put it into a program that actually creates common decency and respect between cop and community. This program does not. It is harassing. It has shown you exactly what it has the capability of doing. And while yes, the person who did this is corrupt, but there's a system that created the atmosphere for his corruption. Attorney, what are your thoughts here? I think you are absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head in terms of needing oversight. Also, in addition to 
essentially creating this system that allows officers to abuse their power. You know, when we look at what are the consequences of things like this, because people might just think, oh, it's just a traffic ticket. Well, there are fines that come from that. Losing your license suspension, how would that impact your job? Increased insurance premiums, all of these things that essentially this officer has unrestrained control over. And he's out here just having a good time. And essentially the system is allowing it and enabling it. And you're absolutely right in terms of reducing funding because we don't need systems like this in place. Even the fact that officers are conducting traffic stops. It just speaks to what is truly the value of this, especially given all of the areas in our society that need greater funding such as education and where we need to truly be putting our resources. But I am very glad that this man is being prosecutor. Prosecuted, especially for as high a crimes as computer fraud and whatnot, because yeah. that needed to happen. Yeah, and when you look at municipalities, you know this, Adrian. Municipalities are allowed to do so many things that really would violate the conscience of a human being. They can have quotas, they can have grants or grant money based on contact with community, meaning you gotta have a certain number of pullovers per hour in order to get grant money. That's insane. That has nothing to do with justice. And so these programs all are aimed at a bottom line, which literally is money. But this guy think he was doing it to somehow get a promotion and increase status at the department. Those guys, those murderers, those killers are on trial again. Now, the federal murder hate crimes charge. And there's a reason why this is important. I know some people have pushed back and said, well, why do we need to do this again? They've already been convicted. I will explain that to you. New evidence has been presented showing the insane racism of the three men who killed Ahmad Aubrey. The three white men who were convicted of murdering Ahmad Aubrey, a black jogger whose shooting death in 2020 sparked protest and calls for racial justice, had histories of making racist comments and slurs in text messages, according to the federal prosecutor on Monday. Now here's why this is important. During the first trial, a lot of that information was not allowed. It was considered to be prejudicial. The probative value was there, but the prejudicial value was too much. However, in a case like this, when you are literally proving that the entire reason they killed Ahmaud Arbery was because of their racism or their hate of an immutable quality. That then becomes presented evidence in the case. So new evidence has now been presented. Bernstein said there will be testimony that Greg McMichael, a former police officer and district attorney's office investigator, ranted about black people being nothing but trouble and posted memes on social media that supported it, suggesting that it's better to have a loaded gun than to call the police, okay? That's important because that's exactly what they did here. They took justice as they called it into their own hands, but it was in fact criminal. Additionally, the prosecutor said the third defendant, remember this guy, William Roddy Bryan, who was recording the entire matter because they were gonna use the recording to as kicks later. Had also used the N word and other slurs in one instance after learning his daughter was dating a black man. 
She said Brian commented that his daughter has her an N word now. That's according to the Associated Press. All right, let's put up their pictures, all three of these monsters, look at them. They represent a larger demographic in this country. You know, America is a very beautiful and ugly place at the same time. A multiracial jury was seated in the federal hate crimes trial of the three men. As defense attorneys admitted, their clients had used offensive language and opinions about black people. That's what they call it. Oh, it's, it's not racist, it's just offensive. But the defense attorneys assisted the three men's pursuit of the 25 year old was prompted by honest, though erroneous suspicion that he committed crimes not solely based on his race, the Associated Press reported, okay? Uh, let me read a quote from one of the defense attorneys, okay? I'm not going to ask you to like Travis McMichael. I'm not going to ask you to decide that he done nothing wrong. But I am going to ask you to return a verdict of not guilty to this indictment. What in the hell kind of statement is that? from an attorney, okay? McMichael along with his father, Greg McMichael chased Aubrey in their pickup truck after he ran past their Brunswick, Georgia home. We all know when that happened in 2020. The federal proceeding, which will examine whether race was a factor in the killing, begins one month after the three men were sentenced to life in prison in a separate murder trial in Georgia state court. A jury there found the trio guilty of felony murder and other charges in connection to the death of Mr. Aubrey. Okay, so let me remind everyone why this is important, okay? Hate violence is intentionally, specifically targeted at individuals because of their personal immutable characteristics. They are very personal crimes with very emotional and psychological impacts on the victim and the victim's community. Here's why you prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. One, ultimate justice. This is called prosecuting them to the fullest extent of the law. They deserve that. Number two, societal messaging. You know, we prosecute criminals not only to punish them, but to also send a message to society at large. Your racism will be dealt with in a very different way in this country. It will be dealt with in the way we choose based on your horrific reason for killing someone. Number three, it creates case law. There will be evidence presented here that will in fact create precedent. That's important for the future prosecution of hate crimes under the federal statute in America. Adrian, there's pushback. People are saying, well, he's already been found guilty or they have already been found guilty. This is now overkill. What are your thoughts on that statement? Oh, I don't think this is overkill whatsoever because if they're serving their life sentences or 30 year sentences in Brian's case with the possibility of parole, you know what? It just speaks to the fact that at least one of them could be out in 30 years, which is an absolute possibility. And if they are enjoying a life of luxury in federal prison as opposed to going to Georgia State Prison, they're also going to essentially have a nicer time. And that was something that the Arbery family 
family was not okay with. They weren't okay with them taking in and accepting a plea deal that would essentially let them stay in federal court and potentially just give them more opportunity to enjoy the rest of their life as opposed to actually suffering consequences. And yeah. so having this trial come to pass where we are essentially going to be looking at what behavior is inherently racist and the fact that Ahmad Aubrey is black and that that was a core key tenant. What essentially we're going to be doing is testing society and saying, is yeah. it ready to acknowledge its own racism? Because that is what I think that the defendants are hoping that society is willing to say that even if we do use the N word liberally, or even if we're just trying to quote unquote protect our neighborhood, that that, that doesn't mean you're racist. And so that's why they're out here gambling, hoping that that jury will not convict them. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, we all know that if a young white male was jogging through that community, this would not have happened to him. Obviously the catalyst was the race of this individual who is now dead, Mr. Maude Aubrey. Okay, um, racist white people are saying that their patience is running out. Let's put up the picture. This is in Boston. They are holding up a sign saying white patience has limits, okay? This is in, this is on an overpass, all right, a highway overpass. I have not heard local Boston media talk about this, so we are. The signs read, white patients has limits. It's speculated that the group involved is the Nationalist Club. I will give you some information about that. Described by the Anti-Defamation League as a neo-Nazi group. With small regional chapters in the United States and abroad, they typically try to hide who they are because they are in fact cowards, all right? Let's put up this other picture of this group. On January 22nd, the group protested in front of a women's hospital in Boston holding a bed sheet with black lettering reading B and W hospital kills whites. And then they passed out this flyer. Condemning by name two doctors associated with the hospital in Harvard Medical School who have been working with Mass General to establish greater equity in healthcare for non-white communities. What does their flyer say? No anti-white policies in hospitals. Anti-white? According to the Counter Extremism Project, NSC members have stockpiled weapons undergone physical training for future confrontations and other chapters of the group have violent histories. In September of 2020, German police raided multiple homes, including that of an NSC member and seized weapons and Nazi paraphernalia. On January 6, 2021, NSC members posted pictures of the NSC paraphernalia on Telegram. Claiming that they were taken at a protest at the Capitol building in Washington DC in July of 2020. Several NSC members were arrested for disorderly conduct in Rogersville, Tennessee. After attempting to antagonize protesters at a Black Lives Matter rally. The NSC members reportedly gave Nazi salutes, yelled racial slurs and attempted to assault protesters according to local police. Now, it's important for me to say this. This is happening all over the country, it's happening all over the world. You have this rise of white public nationalism. Where is it coming from? It's always been there. 
It has always been there, the sentiment, the psychology, the sociology, it has always been there. They are now becoming more public because they have champions like Donald J. Trump. They have champions like Steve Bannon. Remember, President Barack Obama did not bring this out. A black president did not create this kind of racist public racism in the United States, but Donald Trump did. Now is Donald Trump the reason why racism exists? Of course not. Donald Trump in a way is a product of racism. And as I have said before, Donald Trump was in power because of the racist sentiment of Americans. That's real. This is why I question anyone who tells me they are a black Trump supporter. I question that. I wonder why. Adrian, thoughts? Well, I think this is something that we've seen over the course of history, just essentially where there is any advancement in terms of black liberation, liberty, access to resources, or just having a more vocal platform, that there is this pendulum swing pushback where it's by a number of white people, it's seen as an affront to dominance, to supremacy. And so this thought that you know there's only patience has its limits, it's like it's totally comes right out of the playbook. And we're seeing that every day with these bomb threats against HBCUs. We're seeing all of these attacks during Black History Month and into the future as far as I'm concerned. And this is all just par for course. The fact is that we live in a society that is dominated by white supremacy. And the moment that there's any kind of itching away at that, there's essentially that pendulum swing on back. And this is just demonstrative of it. Yeah. I think a lot of racist white people who had implicit bias, who are not aware of how racist they were, are now realizing how racist they are. Because the way non-whites have been treated in America is basically as an invited guest. The citizenship, the citizenship dynamic has to be protected in this country. We are citizens of this nation. We have just as much of a right to be here, to be present, to be bold. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me go to some of these comments. Before I get to the comments, just a big reminder, every day the watch list, an amazing show. J.R. Jackson, live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Find out what stories you should be paying attention to in news, politics, culture, current events, sports, and more. This is a new 10-week test series on TYT. Here's how you can support, real simple. Make sure you watch live, number one. Also, subscribe and follow at youtube.com forward slash watchlisttyt and facebook.com forward slash watchlisttyt. Here at TYT, we spent more than 20 years building a progressive change machine, and we kept a good record of it. The impact on policy, candidates, issues, and more. With support and engagement from the TYT community, we set out to make change happen. You are part of that change, all right? Make sure you go and find out everything we've achieved. Not everything, but a lot of things, okay? Real simple, tyt.com forward slash impacts, tyt.com forward slash impacts. TYT on TCL, if you have an Android TV, watch TYT on TCL. When you turn on your TCL TV, click TCL channel. That's the button on the remote control. TCL channel icon on the TV launcher. Then scroll to the live tab and click the TYT logo. If you have a Roku TV, watch TYT on TCL. 
by turning on your TCL TV, slide down from the home page and click the TCL channel icon. Then scroll to live and click the TYT logo, okay? All right. Make it see the silver hair dragon. Since the bullpen will be about mask mandates, I'll get a box of tissues ready for the whining and crying to come. Yeah. Shikata Ganai Beer, a dragon says, How lame a cop do you have to be to fake traffic stops? Yeah. I am sock. I wonder how much overtime this cop received while faking traffic stops part behind Target. <laughs> What's crazy is that's probably exactly how we did it, by the way. All right, uh, next TYT reporter, uh, be careful, better be careful. All those white snowflakes on that freeway might cause an accident. Yeah. Uh, Dark Angel 3, proud uh, Bostonian here, historically a progressive uh, groundbreaking state. But some mass holes are also quite racist. Check the buzz stories from 1974. Um, Rhino Locke, my patience is running out with these people. This is not representative of Boston as a whole. We don't want these people here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel right. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Oh, my hand. Oh! Oh, I'm so sorry, Emma. I'm so sorry. You idiot. You Let me give you the beginning of this saga. Here it is. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing, you fucking slut? Get the out of camera. Go get a job and find something better to do with your done. What have you done? Can I reverse have your license? Honey, you just reversed into me. I have. Consequences and repercussions. This was instant karma on that Karen. The individuals who were filming, who were recording this, I feel bad for them because obviously this is a nuisance for them as well. But here's what happened. They're at a traffic light, Karen hits their car from behind. They get out, they are wondering, hey, what are you doing? Because it looks as if the Karen is trying to leave. They start recording, the Karen gets upset. The Karen then becomes aggressive, physically aggressive, and tries to run away. It's called hit and run, it's illegal. And immediately, 
she hits their car again and damn near flips her car in the process. Adrian, as I said, we highlight these insane instances because we are a mirror. We provide an opportunity for reflection and correction as well. How many laws did this Karen break here? Okay, so I don't know necessarily if this Karen is on our side of the pond or the other side, but I can tell you, I feel pretty confident that she probably broke a number of laws. <laughs> right. And she did get essentially what she deserved, acting up like that, you know, rear-ending these individuals and then having the nerve to speak to them the way that she did. She seemed to interfere with their camera at one point and then essentially driving up on their car. You know what, it just, I just really, really hope that she suffers some serious, sincere consequences for her behavior that are beyond just an insurance claim because this individual has some real problems. Real problems, let's put up a picture. I don't know, I don't know if the Karen was ever caught. <laughs> we'll put up the picture, that's the graphic. That's, that's the best picture we have of this particular Karen. Okay, you know, some people get upset over the silliest things. I got something for you, double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. I mean, Karen must work at the DMV. I mean, who gets that upset if your registration is not up to date? And I will say this in full transparency, I have driven a car without putting my updated registration sticker on the back. So it looks like I have an expired tag, but you know, it's sitting somewhere in my glow department. I just haven't put it on yet. But damn, to call a person a whore, because they don't have their registration sticker on their tag seems a bit much. And so we wanted to make sure we brought this to you as our double dose Karen. Uh, Adrian, <laughs> have you encountered anyone who's this passionate about an expired tag? Uh, not necessarily an expired tag, but a lot of other nonsense for sure. I think we've all encountered these types of Karens, but I love that she feels like she has some upper hand because her tag is updated. Like, get out of here. Not only is it not your business, but at the same time, it's not necessarily you know the dig that you think it is. Uh, but this individual uh, definitely, definitely needs help. Uh, yeah, for real. Yeah. All right. We got more. Is indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back, a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. I can't get to all of them, but thank you in advance for sending them. All right, we got Lynn, Lynn says DMV Karen, yep, needs to stay in her own lane, figuratively and literally. Yeah, I mean, she was trying to do a hit and run. You gotta, I mean, the irony of it all, you talked all that trash, you've already committed a crime. You try to leave the scene of the crime you committed, and then you do another crime in the process of trying to leave that crime. I wonder what does she say like being flipped over and unable to move. Okay, uh, Jessica says, I've never even thought to look at someone else's registration or inspection stickers. What a weird thing to care about. <laughs> but 
That is so damn true. Like out of all, let me let me tell you this. I want to get to a place in my life where that is at the top of my agenda. <laughs> if I can get to a place in my life where that is important to me, I'm living a great life, okay? I'm living a remarkable life. When I can say, you know what? The most pressing thing in my life is your expired registration. Must be nice, Karen. Mitchell Evans, wow, she just bought them a new car and some, and some. Uh, car registration, Karen Barely Funky says, DMV Karen. That's right. Agnostic Sister says, I waited until the last possible moment to pay my registration. That sticker is most likely in the mail with mine. <laughs> I, do, I do the same. I do the same. I'm so guilty of it. All right. Um, this is a person we've highlighted before, uh, a serial Karen, actually. All right. This guy is Ethan Smith. Let's take you to the first video. Here it is. All right, guys. So this is this is one of the Afghan refugees that was, uh, or that's a, that's one of the Afghan refugees that was imported here, and they're staying at the hotel right down the road. So I'm gonna go and talk to him. I got a question. I got some questions. So are you, you're from Afghanistan? Are you staying at the hotel? You're not. How you think so? Well, I just, I just want to. Your video. Well, you're, you're staying at the hotel, aren't you? You know, you know video. Well, it doesn't matter. I, no, I can no, film you. No, it doesn't matter. Why you? Video? I can film you. I'm just, I just got a question. So, like, you're staying at the hotel, obviously, right? Me? Yeah. No. Where do you live? I live. I have rent. I have my kids, three kids. Oh, you don't. You're not staying at the hotel. No. Ethan is garbage. So literally, he sees a woman who's obviously poor, holding up a sign saying she needs help. He approaches her trying to embarrass her. He's an anti-mask pro-Trumper. He does these things, he harasses people. But this is really a new low, right? To go up to someone who's obviously in a less fortunate situation than you. This makes him feel good about himself. So I want to expose this clown. Based on his Telegram account, this confrontation was with an illegal alien at a hotel. Now, here's what you're gonna see here. The woman is Romanian, but the reality is it doesn't matter. You know, no human being is illegal whatsoever. Here's the next video. No filmes. Okay, well I, 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 I can legally film, so. Because they were telling me that uh, a lot of the people that were staying at the hotel, uh, they're out here panhandling. So. No, I'm, I am from Romania. Romania? Yes. Okay, cool. Do you know anybody that's staying at the hotel? Or? No. No? Okay. Why? I'm just, no, no picture. Why your picture? I'm just trying to document. This is, I'm a, I'm a, this is no your... I'm a journalist. I'm a journalist. No, journalist? Yeah, journalist. You're a journalist. Yeah. You're legitimacy. All right, so I don't know if she's lying or what, guys, but uh, yeah, I, don't, I know I got I got info that they're panhandling out here. So it looks like she could be a, like a refugee that's staying at the hotel, and I'm sure they're probably told to lie. So who knows? Who knows if she's telling the truth or not? You're the one lying here, pube face. That's what they call you online, pube face. I like that name better than Ethan. Pube face. Pube face is not a journalist. He just harasses people. 
Here's the next video. It looks like hotel supplies. Those look, those look like supplies from the hotel. Are you lying? Are you lying? I'm not lying. You lying. Yes? You lying so much. It's people that think they just can come to our country and just tell us what to do. Unbelievable. She's from Romania, apparently. I'm sure she's staying at the hotel, 100%. I think they can just come here and just tell me not to film in public. It's <laughs> pathetic, man. It's pathetic. Now, you're pathetic, pew face. Now, here's the reality. Um, this individual uh, is bigoted. He's a COVID hoaxer. All right, has been banned from regular social media platforms. So now he spews his nonsense via Telegram. Um, we have covered this guy before. He has been on one of my famous I Wish You Karen Wood segments because he's an ultimate Karen, uh, even though his name is Pube Face. Uh, towards the end of last month, he was actually banned from the AZ uh, Arizona Capitol after harassing House Minority Leader Reginald Bolden with a racial slur, referring to Bolden's mask as a slave muzzle. They kicked him out for that. According to Arizona law statute 13-3019, photographing, videotaping, and filming digitally or recording, it is unlawful for any person to knowingly photograph, videotape, film, digitally record, or by any other means secretly view with or without a device, another person without their person's consent. Remember, that person is not a public official, okay? Um, however, the subsections of the statute seem to suggest that it would apply to situations dealing with harassment or sexual harassment. I do believe that situation was harassment, by the way. All right, Adrian, what are your thoughts here? No, I agree with you. It definitely seems to be harassment. The fact is that she told him who she was and she didn't even need to do that. Right. And yet he still feels that he is kind of deputized in some way as a white male to be able mm. to invade her space, to question her, to doubt her responses, and then to make her out to be the bad guy. You're absolutely right about this person just being trouble, nonsense, and a reflection of this whole kind of almost unfortunate white male American imperialistic mindset and xenophobic behavior, and he's just an embarrassment. Pube face. <laughs> okay, all right, um, teachers, come on. Damn, I'm trying to work with y'all, but y'all keep blowing it. Not all of you, but there is a certain group. Once again, a Black History Month lesson gone horribly wrong. A lesson about the 1800s where a teacher specifically told black students, no, 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 you can only draw pictures of black people picking cotton and white people working machinery. Yeah, let me give you some background here. Indiana parents and students are beside themselves after their school district went too far during Black History Month. Let's put up the parents. They went on the local news, talked about this in detail. This occurred at Fall Creek Valley Middle School of Lawrence Township in Northeast Indianapolis. Parents Cindy and Raymond Clark, you see them there, spoke with the local news affiliate 13 WTHR, recounting the shock they had over the phone call from their daughter last week about an assignment. Here it is, according to the school district, students were told they could draw a picture showing different ways of life of Northern and Southern states back in the 1800s. But the Clarks said their daughter's teacher took it a step further, telling students to only draw a black person 
picking cotton and a white person working with machinery. Our children said that she specifically said black people picking cotton, according to Raymond. Feeling offended by the assignment, their daughter was among several students who refused to compete, complete, excuse me, the project. She sent her parents pictures of the drawings made by the students in the class. It drew tears from another student. This is traumatizing. Put up those pictures, okay? We're talking about children. It's sad that these children have to become adults in these situations and say something's not right about what you're telling us to do. They are hurt, they are embarrassed, they are emotional. And thankfully they told their parents because many children would have internalized that message. And that message would have come out in other ways. Cindy added she was glad to hear there were students who stood up for what they believed and I am too. Both Cindy and Raymond who own several successful local businesses said they can't understand why the lesson wasn't more well rounded. Picking cotton is forced labor, it's not a part of our heritage. There are so many other things that could have been discussed like inventors and business owners. Raymond said, and Raymond is right. But see, this is what systemic oppression, this is what systemic bias, implicit bias, hyper aggressive racism, bigotry, this is what it all looks like. It's damaging to children because the teacher is involved in distributing this madness. That curriculum was insane. To respond to concerns from parents, the Lawrence Township sent this statement. Let me read the statement, here it is. The MSD of Lawrence Township is committed to providing high quality instruction to all students. The assignment in question does not reflect the commitment and demonstrates poor judgment. School and district officials are involved and have communicated with both the teacher and the family who came forward with concerns. Well, there it is. This would not be tolerated, damn it. We have communicated with the teacher. Okay, the Clark family wants to see curriculum changes following the incident that has not been noted yet. With Raymond saying, and I quote, racism has gone on for far too long. We know it's not going anywhere, but it doesn't belong in Lawrence Township schools or in any district. I completely concur. Now, here's when I tell you the truth about critical race theory. It's not taught in K through 12 education, but it damn sure should be taught to some K through 12 teachers. Because this is what happens when they don't understand their own bias or they are allowed to coexist in an atmosphere that protects their own racism. It hurts our children. Adrian, what are your thoughts about this story? You know what, you're absolutely right. The fact is that these teachers need the education necessary so that they don't continue to perpetuate the racism that has been internalized in them because that's essentially part of the problem and it keeps things going in this oppressive society that we've seen. But also the fact is that you know, you've know you seen so many people talk about Black History Month and their belief is that black history starts with slavery and essentially that it ends with slavery. And all that does is continue to make black people continue to appear in the eyes of white people 
people as in need of help or in some servient role. It's not our history, that is white history. You know, Our history is about our achievements, our legacy, the things yes. that we've created and contributed notwithstanding the oppression that we face every single day and continue to face. As I mentioned, the H, HBCU bombings continuing, those threats continuing to happen. The fact is that we continue to rise despite all of the efforts of the white patients getting you know, smaller and thinner. And we continue to contribute and we continue to just be a part of a society that often tells us that we should not even be in existence or be here. And that is black history, that yes. is about us. So it's like if you want to talk about slavery, do it on your own time because February, even the shortest month of the year, it's still ours. So yeah. get it right. Get it right, and here's the reality. Black history, when we discuss black history, black history did not, did not start with slavery, number one. Number two, the original design of Black History Month was actually Black History Week. It was to celebrate, yes, historical accomplishments, but also current accomplishments of black people in America. So I don't call it Black History Month, I call it Black Legacy Month to connect the historical reality as well as the current black excellence that's in front of us. All right, I got a question for everybody. What in the red state hell? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face, it's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math, somebody say amen. Even now in America, there are endless mandates, an intentional crippling of our economy, an invasion at our border, disrespect of our law enforcement, our soldiers and our veterans, a failing public education system for our children, the all out attack on our health and the slaughter of our precious preborn children. Texas has never rolled over for anyone. Texas is a state of fighters. And in 2022, we definitely have a fight on our hands. You see, this is why Republican minority outreach is failing. Literally, they have a commercial with whips, horses, and guns. But they want black people to vote for them. Let me bring your attention to Bianca Gracia, Gracia who is Latino, a Latina, and the co-founder of Latinos for Trump. All right, she's a Trumpite, she's a real Trumpite. And she also is telling us that if people don't vote for her, well, God will deal with them directly. Here it is. You know, today I just, I just finished an a interview with some pastors. And I told them, I said, straight up, <laughs> straight up. I said, I'm only gonna win if the church shows up, that's it. If you do not show up, then you will be held accountable because I have been appointed and assigned for this position. And the, the God is testing you all. I don't have anything else to say to you other than that. So you're gonna either have to show up and show out or you're gonna have to deal with, a, with, with the Lord. All right, I guess I'm gonna be dealing with the Lord then because I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure your ass never gets elected to anything, period. Okay, I don't know who your opponent is, but I will know all of your opponents and I will probably give them money equally to make sure you never get in political office. 
I would deal with the consequences as they come. Um, and I'm sure you believe in white Jesus, by the way, positive. So this is what we're dealing with. Uh, these individuals cannot get into public office, in my opinion. We should not elect them. Now she says she's appointed and assigned, great, perfect. Fortunately for us, the position has to be elected, okay? So that hasn't happened. All right, Adrian, thoughts here? Nah. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of definitely, let's hope this woman is not elected in the office. Her thought that she is appointed and assigned by our Lord Jesus. Hey, maybe we all have a different Jesus and I'm sure you have white Jesus. I'm gonna rock with baby Jesus and he's got a melanin count and that's cool. But that's it's right. like this individual, mm -mm, she needs to go somewhere, her and her whip. <laughs> and her slave patrol in the background, okay? There you go. All right, all right, always a pleasure, Adrian, I thank you. Every time, tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work, get a copy of your book. All right, so you can check me out on Twitter at Adrian Law, Instagram at Adrian Lawrence. My book, Staying in the Game, The Playbook for Beating Workplace Sexual Harassment is on sale in the TYT store. So definitely check that out. Also, check me out on Rebel HQ. I've got my overruled segment and we're hitting views. So you yeah. are gonna wanna be in the know. Yeah, you gangster with them views. <laughs> Good stuff, all right, thank you so much. Thank we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me go to some of these comments, always remarkable comments. I can't read them all, we'll read as many as I'm able. Jessa says, ah yes, journalism is when you start asking strangers questions and then dismiss their answers. <laughs> This guy's just such a nutcase. Um, Craig Chris Souffle says, idiot Ethan looks like Wolverine's armpit. I actually tend to agree, that's a great observation. Um, Lynn says, perhaps if these teachers taught black history all year, instead of limiting to, uh, it to one month, they'd get better at it. You think? <laughs> 